0: What is up everybody? Welcome to a special Sunday morning show of the 4 for Formula 1 podcast with the Miami Grand Prix preview. As always, we'll be giving you a, a quick general overview of the race. Dig deep into the DFS strategy and uh, talk about some betting and and underdog got some uh, action up there. So we'll, we'll uh, cover that real quick. As always, I'm your host TJ Hernandez, the director of DFS at 44.com with my co-host Dan Weiner, the senior producer at Spurts. And before we get into everything today, just a reminder that 444 has teamed up with Run the Sims for projections, tools, content for both F1 and USFL DFS betting. Make sure you go to RunTheSims.com and use the promo code 444 for 10% off the USFL and Formula One package or see the link in the description to sign up for that. Dan, welcome to uh, US action of Formula One.
1: Dude, it's, it's awesome. I, this is going to be one of the most interesting races of the year to watch and probably one of the most maddening races of the year to try to do DFS, betting, underdog, all of it, because uh, there's just so much unknown, and we're going to get into it kind of bit by bit here. But uh, the 3.30 uh, p.m. Eastern, ABC, not ESPN. Like You don't have to have cable or watch ESPN to watch this. All you need is an antenna. You can watch this race. <laughs> so some bunny ears some bunny ears yeah if you got some bunny ears and some foil and you just got to move it around a little bit here and there you can watch this so it's going to be awesome it seems like uh the the hype for this race ha- has been at an uh, at a fever pitch uh it does not appear as if a lot of the drivers really like this circuit yeah um but they all seem to have been enjoying going to miami at least which is nice so yeah. it's gonna be interesting to see how this all unfolds today
0: yeah, I, th- I think um, this one is going to be interesting, at least from like the drivers enjoyment of it. I mean, that chicane is pretty crazy. I, I think probably next year, we'll see them smooth that out a little bit. I think it's turned 14 and 15 or 13 and 14. And then we saw both Latifi and um, Ocon have their their crashes and the co- the drivers are complaining a little bit about not having enough um, padding or barriers uh, where those happen. So it, it is what it is. But for now, um, you know, we, we got to deal with the conditions that we have. So let's talk about the weekend. It, it was super interesting. We saw uh, a crazy FP1 and FP2, just red flags and spins everywhere. Uh, cleaned up a little bit uh, for FP3 and then surprisingly, a very smooth qualifying. So uh, what do you think? You got a chance to check them out, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I I didn't get to see much of FP two. I got to see free practice one, and I got to see qualifying. Uh, went back and watched some of it today. Uh, as we were talking off air, it was a bit, a bit of a weird week actually to be able to try to like lock in on things, particularly with the Kentucky Derby going on yesterday. Like my interests were elsewhere, and I had a bun a lot of not a lot I had money riding on that, so my interest was elsewhere. But yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, this this track there has been issues with grip all week. That thirteen fourteen turn, a lot of spins there. Uh, in each practice session we had a car a wreck out of practice Botos and, and practice 1 signs and practice 2 ocon and 3 botas and signs were both fine the rest of the weekend ocon's happened yesterday so that completely uh, ruined his uh his qualifying he didn't get even didn't get out for q1 so he'll start in last place but uh yeah q1 was interesting lewis hamilton it seemed like again lewis hamilton wasn't going to get out of q1 there uh and then he managed to get out and do pretty well the rest of of qualifying haas didn't get out of q1 uh kevin magnuson's radio wasn't working which you know it's always something you're you're coming to your technically your home race is the american team and your your uh your uh communication with your team going out seems less than ideal uh alex albon was very fast in practice and bad in q1 so that's going to be something worth keeping an eye on for today q2 i mean george russell the, it looked like we were going to be able to, I, I wanted to bring up the Toto Wolf, Toto neck, uh, <laughs> we're coming for everyone next year thing from, uh, or everyone's got a target on their back next year thing. I was, I was all ready to load it up and bring it in today. And then George Russell out of nowhere after having a really good practice, uh, just struggled in Q2, didn't get out of Q2. Uh, and then in Q3, like you said, I mean, it was clean, but Max Verstappen just struggled. And he he said it himself. He said, I effed it. And then Sergio Perez, who didn't F it, wasn't as fast as Max Verstappen. So we have Ferrari locking out the front row. It's their first pole in the U.S. since Michael Schumacher at Indy in 2006. Their first front row lockout since 2019. And then maybe the most interesting thing that happened all day yesterday happened long after the camera stopped rolling and everyone had left the track. A rainstorm washed through Miami and very likely uh, got rid of all of the grip that had been laid down over the course of all of the practice and qualifying. So it looks like they might be kind of starting from scratch. There was a support race this morning. The Formula W series uh, was running this morning or is running a race, I think right now, or might have just ended. So hopefully that'll help a little bit, but we might be back to where we were come Friday where the grip on this track is uncertain and that's going to really affect a lot of things.
0: Yeah, especially early in the race, and I think that's why uh, Ferrari locking out that front row is very important, and why, why I think it's going to be really hard to uh, to go against Leclerc in this race because he's going to have that he's going to have that protection from signs, and I think uh, whoever I think. People are gonna have drivers are gonna have a really tough time getting out of that um, that first lap. One, just obviously, because there's gonna be a ton of traffic. Two, because of what you mentioned, the rain washing away all that rubber, they could have a, a lot of issues with grip. I, I I think there is some rain in the forecast. Like if the if there is a a, a long red flag, I, I think late in the race there could be rain. I, I think for now the forecast looks pretty clean. Um, but but that is very interesting uh the besides mercedes locking out the front row i, I think the biggest thing of the weekend that uh I, I noticed was that after fp2 uh george russell with with the the fastest um the fastest time in fb2 everybody just reacts to mercedes got it right mercedes is back even even the the betting odds and the lines and stuff and lines we saw on um underdog props we saw an underdog just favoring mercedes so heavily and and i i just thought that reacting to to one one practice session of mercedes doing good versus um a whole or you know not a whole season but four races into a season of them struggling i thought was a gross overreaction and uh we saw it in qualifying if you played underdog you you made a couple shekels off fading them but hamilton still starts um six botas gets up to fifth uh really interesting alfatori getting two top 10 spots and then austin martin qualifying decently um vettel in 13th but stroll gets into um q3 and, and finishes 10th there so we got a couple cheap teams in alfatori and austin martin that could be really competing in the midfield but it's going to be it's going to be really bunched up and, and it could get uh, pretty wild
1: yeah, I think that it's it's kind of interesting. I think it maybe speaks to how right now Mercedes is a midfield team. Now they're going to have at the next at Barcelona, which I think is the next race, they're going to unveil their big upgrade package, and we'll see if that finally gets them up to par. But right now they're a midfield team because they were good in practice. But if you looked at the lap times, you knew there were going to be like the lap times in practice are all around like 130 and you knew that that Ferrari and Red Bull were likely going to be able to get into the 128s and it seemed unlikely that Mercedes was going to be able to do that and they weren't so i mean i still think it's a, a good spot for them and particularly for hamilton it it, it makes the dynamic kind of interesting because i've talked a lot about how george russell has been sort of the dfs mvp this season in a lot of ways, and I think this is the first time this year where I think, and this will be a spoiler, we'll go into greater detail, where I actually think that the value for a Mercedes driver to play might be Hamilton and not Russell uh, for some other reasons. Yeah, a that's a great result for them. And I, I think if you look at this too, another thing, like one of the other interesting things to me is Mercedes 6th and 12th, McLaren 8th and 14th. So if you're looking we talk about like who's going to be the chaos constructor if two cars if uh, if signs and Perez or signs and Verstappen or both Red Bulls or both Ferraris blow up or whatever who's going to be the potential chaos constructor are you really going to put a lot of faith that AlphaTauri is going to finish both of those cars in the top 10 I would like to see it I like both drivers I like both cars but you know that's a lot to ask and you maybe should build one lineup because they're the only other team that has both drivers in the top 10 and Everyone else is just kind of far back in the pack, but yeah, I mean, it's a really, really interesting grid, particularly from a DFS perspective. When we talked about it, Hamilton, six spots ahead of his teammate Norris, six spots ahead of his teammate stroll three spots ahead of his teammate, but he's not nearly as good. And then like Fernando Alonso, nine spots ahead of his teammate. It's going to make maybe at least building lineups from, uh, maybe it'll make it clear because we talked last week about how, Typically this season, drivers who have a three or more grid spot advantage of their teammate are likely going to just beat them head to head unless their cars blow up. But that's another thing that I'm concerned about. And I don't know if you want to get into an hour or whenever, but you know, the track conditions and track temperatures and all that kind of stuff are really fascinating to me this week also
0: yeah i mean um yeah let's let's just make a quick note on on the track temperatures before we jump into the um the the dfs strategy because uh we kind of touched on on what happened with the weather but it has been really hot as well so what do you think about that
1: so first off i think it's fascinating that like you said there might be rain in the forecast it's miami it's you know it doesn't matter what the forecast says like there's always a chance that there's going to be a rainstorm it'll rain for 20 minutes it'll be like where'd this come from and then 20 minutes later it's gone and it's dry again but the track temperatures have been north of 120 degrees which i mean obviously that is very very warm and i have this thought in my head and it's a completely unsubstantiated thought but i mean i think everything right now is kind of a hypothesis and guesswork at a track we don't know is that i'm a little bit worried about the red bull cars the Alfatory cars, the Alpine cars, you know, the the teams and constructors who have had issues with reliability this year. We've never run a full GP at this track. Like they were fine through practice and qualifying, which is really just running like 16 laps, but you're really only running about a third-ish of a GP. So are we going to end up in a situation where we get into the the thirties and forties of Latin, like lap 40 and suddenly Max Verstappen has issues with his car again. And Sergio Perez has issues with his car. Like that's what I really, really am curious about to see what happens here. And that makes some of the decisions also for betting and all the other stuff really kind of tricky for me to kind of figure out in my head because I don't know if that's substantiated or not. Like I have no idea and that's what makes it fun and kind of a, a something that I'm I'm going to take a little bit of a, a lighter card and everything that I do this week, because it's just so, so hard to kind of think about what's going to happen.
0: Sure. And, and I think a lot of people are, are probably, um, ripping their hair out over, over these issues. And, and to that note, a little bit to things that are changing with this GP, in addition to an unknown track and, um, And and conditions that we haven't really dealt with, at least in terms of heat, we have had a little bit of rain. uh, But combining those uh, can really throw a wrench in things. On top of that, DraftKings really adjusted their salaries. So for the first time all season, it is impossible to Captain Max or Charles play one of them as a driver and put Red Bull or Ferrari as a constructor. Um, it, there, there's no way to build those lineups, which is a good thing. It means there's going to be a lot of different lineup combinations. It means a lot of people are going to be trying to figure out who um, to play instead of just the big two. And it makes it really difficult to figure out what the field is going to do. So um, with all of that, let's dive into our DFS strategy. Um, of course, let's start with our run the Sims uh, optimal rates that, The thing that we are looking at the most that we're basing all of our uh, decisions on over the past few weeks, which has been very successful, has been these optimal rates. And and just a quick glance at it, what we see is that the overwhelming um, number of our lineups are going to be based around Charles LeClerc. And ferrari lineups and again going back to that red. I'm um, sorry ferrari lockout on the front It's just going to be very very hard for red bull and verstappen to um, To compete to get up with that signs protection there if if charles can get off to a clean start uh, I I think it's going to be one of those races where um, I I don't know if anyone's gonna even come come close to catching him. Uh, ferrari has been great on the straights but i I think just there's going to be so much of a gap up front with that um with that mess in the middle that it it could be a pretty clean race for ferrari and we see that in the projections even our second most popular player in terms of who we want the most is valtteri botas not max verstappen we see uh we have a fair amount of um optimal rate on the uh, Red Bull constructor but nowhere close to as much as um, as Ferrari so uh, we'll, we'll go through this in detail as we go through um, the salaries um, our values and how we're going to attack this um, this slate overall um, but make sure you go over to runthesims.com sign up for an account and get access to these optimal rates because it's exactly what we've been basing our strategy on all year
1: yeah, I mean, I think it's it's fascinating, the the discrepancy between Ferrari and Red Bull, as you mentioned there. And as we kind of talked about, just not really a ton of value in building lineups with other constructors. Mm-hmm. Mercedes, not surprising to me, is the third most, uh, third highest constructor. I just, I, I know that when we get to it, there's an underdog pick where you're not so high on those Hamilton. But I just think their reliability on the track this year. Uh, with whichever driver is in the top five top 10 is is one that is a solid play uh going forward you saw you talked about botas a fifth place finish uh joe guan Yu, i don't even remember where joe guan Yu is in comparison i gotta bring it up over here uh guan Yu is 17th so 17 so yeah so botas is card he's either gonna have to wreck or blow up to not beat his teammate today which again we we don't know is possible i guess uh lance stroll obviously a ton of value albon um So yeah, and I just think that those lower end guys, we've talked about it a lot this year, there's still just not a ton of money separating even like Albon and Latifi that like you you can still play Albon and and pretty much do whatever you want to do. Although it is well i'll I'll say this when we get to each team team by team but like you know maybe this is the week where you want to you want to vary things up and try some different things and and maybe mix it up a little bit more than you might with some of the cheaper teams because yeah I'm, i'm just totally with you i just there's not a ton of value i think when you're talking about percentage of lineup building to do anything other than a lot of leclerc ferrari stacks because it just it's really hard for me to imagine them not performing well today
0: yeah. And, and the the again, the interesting thing about this week is that because DraftKings changed salaries, there are going to be a lot of ways to get unique with uh, with LeClaire and Ferrari stacks whereas in the past it was basically just like are you rostering max or not in those lineups is that the unique way to do it or vice versa um with max and red bull so uh, uh, there's going to there there are quite a few um drivers that fit into those charles and ferrari builds that are going to be very popular so we're going to talk about some ways to get unique on those and and we are going to be able to attack the slate with some constructions that we haven't been able to in terms of Alternate um, captains not so much alternate constructors a couple but definitely alternate alternate captains But before we get into that um, Let's get into this team by team values as we did last week the last couple weeks We'll go alphabetical order and save uh, Red Bull and Ferrari for their own discussion so let's start with alpine um the worst case scenario for ocon didn't even get into qualifying because of a crash in fp3 so alonzo starts 11th at 5800 ocon starts 20th at 5000 so that'll make ocon a fairly popular player in driver in that um, mid salary range uh, i i assume that if you're fitting Alpine drivers into your lineups, it's going to be Alonzo. Yeah, I mean,
1: probably because, you know, I, I I kind of amended my thought process last week to just say if there are drivers in that range between 7 and 10, I'm just less, less concerned about guys fall. If a guy falls down in the grid positioning, that's fine. But, like, he's 11, so he can end up getting into the points. He's very likely to beat Ocon. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, I think, like, just thinking out loud, like, maybe there's probably not a lineup where you would want to play both of them, but maybe, maybe there is just because if Ocon's car is okay, is he good enough to get a, you know, enough grid improvement where, you know, he could, he could jump up enough spots in the grid that it might be worth playing him. But it just seems unlikely that he's going to beat Alonzo. Although those cars have been super unpredictable and unreliable this year. So it's, it's, you said in our show notes, you said, uh, he could have some good upside, he might have the best upside. Like realistically, yeah. starting 20th, like it was uh like he could could he start tw- 20th and end up in 10th place, like yeah, yeah. and that's... beat Alonzo, like sure. Do I think it's gonna happen? No, but like you know, when you have a car that's not a Williams, uh not uh Joe Guan Yu, who I don't think is bad, but is is clearly not quite like that great yet. And maybe some of the the worst cars like Alpine is probably. Ahead of a few of the other teams, and they're starting last, that's going to give him a possibility of okay, he should be able to beat Latifi. He could conceivably beat Albon. He should be able to beat Joe. He should be able to beat uh, Schumacher. That gives you four guys right there. And then that doesn't take into consideration wrecks and stall outs and, and car issues and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, I think at the cheaper salary too, like I might tinker around and play with some of that after the show and see what. I can do with Ocon and lineups just because I think people are going to see even the eight hundred dollar gap. I think people are going to see that and and believe in Alonso, but you know maybe he does end up being a contrarian option.
0: Yeah, I I think uh, no, I I'm I'm pretty confident Ocon is going to uh he he'll probably be the lowest owned um driver on the slate because of his salary compared to his starting grid position. Like even even um. Uh, Joe is even though he's starting 17th down there um, Compared to Valtteri who's starting way ahead of him who will get into um, in a minute. He's still only 3800 So Ocon starting at five thousand dollars in 20th place. Just nobody's going to roster him So I I think if you are following the run the Sims um, uh, Optimal rates and you have a hundred lineups and and you use uh, You use Charles and say 30 to 40 of your captain spots even if you only have uh, ocon in two of those charles lineups, you're still going to be overweight on the field He's probably going to come in sub one percent So if Alonso has an issue and we've seen ocon and Alpine in general have pace and ocon climbs that grid like you can get You could conceivably get a, a, a Decent 10 points 11 points out of ocon if he gets his plus five because alonzo has a wreck and and Climbs 10 grid spots and then gets his one point for um, you know being classified all of a sudden you got a, a 11 points out of a driver that nobody is using so I, I think I'm gonna have Let Alonzo just kind of fall into place in most of my lineups Just make sure I have Ocon and like, you know, two of my Charles lineups one of my max lineups um, And then some, whatever other random lineup he falls into if i have him four times uh, I'm I'm well above the field
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think that totally makes sense and I think there's there's a, a case for playing both guys in that regard and I'm actually looking right now in my phone at some potential lineups because I hadn't even really considered Ocon and the more I think about it the more I do kind of like him as a, as a zig when everyone else is zagging kind of play
0: yeah and you you barely need to use it to be uh to be different uh let's move on to Austin Martin the uh big winner of qualifying was Lance Stroll he's starting 10th on the grade at only 3200. Uh, Seb had a pretty good qualifying not not great, but but better than what Austin Martin has been doing 13th start, at least for a $3,600 salary um, a decent starting grade position Stroll is our best salary versus grade. He has the 19th salary starting tenth, So he is going to be used a ton. He's the the player that you're going to use uh, The most besides Williams drivers to really open things up, but he'll be pretty popular as well so Pretty much what i've been doing with these austin martin williams teams is just kind of been mixing them up um surprisingly we have them projected for somewhat close ownership but stroll is, will be the most popular so i mean any, any general thoughts here I, I think just mixing these guys up has been um, pretty much what the move is
1: yeah we can keep this one moving pretty quick they're both playable you, pro- you play Stroll a little bit more than you play Vettel just because he's in the, p- the points out- off the start in three spots ahead of him, but at the salary, could I see both of them, f- or could I see one of them, either of them finishing in the points? Sure. So, like, mix and match, play both of them, but, like, yeah, I mean, they're both play very playable at their salary and where they are in the grid.
0: Uh, Alfa Romeo is interesting. Botas had a great qualifying uh, starting fifth. He's always been a really good qualifier Um, You know, how how is he gonna race is always a concern. He's at 7400. So on the surface that sounds quite expensive uh, compared to what we've had all year but he's going to fit nicely in the lineups because again you're not going to be able to roster Max and Charles together with one of them as the captain so it's actually quite easy to fit Botas in your lineup. Joe all the way down at seventeen, starting at thirty eight hundred. Um he's similar to Ocon in that if he's going to hit Botas is basically going to need to retire early. You're going to need to get a cheap contrarian plus five. The problem is how much moving up the grid equity does uh, Joe have? So, I mean, I think if I'm going, even though he's $1,200 less than Ocon, if I'm going with like the super contrarian down the grid guy, it's probably Ocon, but um, but Joe is cheaper. So any other thoughts on, on Alfa Romeo and how much you trust Botas to hold on to that fifth place?
1: I mean i generally do i think he showed in the last race that he he is capable of doing that uh i I, i'm in my head it's just like we've talked about this a little bit across like all season like those contrarian options Mm -hmm. like uh, eventually there's going to be a race where where alex albon crashes and where where valtteri botas crashes and when you look at the projections and you see that valtteri botas is the set is the guy that you should be rostering second most on the grid and that also immediately screams that his teammate who's 3800 is someone who you should have sprinkled in somewhere in contrarian lineups. because if the race goes a certain way and botas ends up crashing out of the race you're immediately going to jump a lot of people who are playing him so yeah i mean that that's where my view is i don't necessarily think it's going to happen but you know every week you have to do it at some point with every with all if, if you're playing the number of lineups that you play in particular like you have to do it, even if it feels unlikely that he's going to beat his teammate, particularly with a 17 versus 5 you know, on the grid. Like Just the ownership, the gulf and what we expect the ownership to look like, you have to kind of play him at some point.
0: Yeah, I think um, if if you are just building a couple lineups and you're trying to figure out where do you use uh, Guan Yu Zhou, if, if you have a lineup that you um, you can't fit Botas, but you have like a, a, a chalky charles ferrari build um you can sub him in for like the stroll albon combo because we'll, as we'll get to it if you have some kind of like stroll albon ghastly combo that that's going to be super chalky. so if you're just trying to look for a pivot but don't want to get off whatever mid-salary guy you have instead of botas you can just uh pivot from one of the austin martin or williams drivers to uh guan yuzhou alfatori probably the most interesting uh Team to roster this week because they both finish top ten They're both top three in salary versus grid value ghastly starting at seventh. This has kind of been my favorite uh, team uh, Puzzle to attack when we have the driver that is more expensive, that's going to be more popular, but he's barely starting ahead of his teammates. So he's only starting two grid positions ahead of Yuki Sonoda. He is $1,200 more, but he's going to be more popular than Sonoda. So um, I, I think Yuki is going to naturally fall into some Charles and Ferrari builds because of his forgiving salary, but I still think gasly is going to be in a lot more lineups can alpha hold down two top 10 spots you mentioned the the red bull um uh power unit are are they going to be able to hold off and and you know maybe you play both of these guys together because they can if they both improve you know one or two spots all of a sudden you got uh, a lot of uh, point equity at the end
1: yeah i mean it's 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 again it's one of those spots we've talked about like i think they're both really playable i I've, i still worry like I said about these cars, the Alphatori cars in particular, mm-hmm. like it feels to me like that's a spot where we might end up in trouble this week is yep. it's like, oh, it makes a ton of sense. And you absolutely should have a lot of faith in those two guys in your lineup building process. But something's going to happen to one of them. But I love Yuki in this spot. Like I'm, I've got it up over here. Let's see where it is. We have. So Yuki is actually where's Gasly. So a little bit less owned than Gasly. But like that's gr- that's fine to me. Like they're both like they're right on top of each other there's not a huge difference in where they're starting on the grid so I'll I'll take the contrarian angle of Yuki there like when you give me guy lower salary starting two spots behind his teammate and projected to be less in terms of the ownership I think that's a guy that I love like I it's it's just to me it makes a lot of sense like yeah Gasly's car has been better and he's more experienced and a better driver at this point but it's formula 1 weird things can happen And at that point, like, yeah, I mean, you play both of them. But I love Yuki as a guy who I'm going to who I who I want in some of my lineups this week, maybe more so than Gasly, just because I like the contrarian angle.
0: Yeah, I, I like that a lot too. I mean, Gassi will be, um, he'll be popular, um, but but it's a really easy team pivot this week uh, with what we talked about with the more popular driver being more expensive. Haas had a very bad showing in qualifying. Um, Schumacher starting 50th, Magnussen starting 16th. Magnussen outside of Ocon, probably the worst value on the slate. Unfortunately, un- unlike Ocon, Haas just showed really bad pace with both cars in qualifying. Uh, it, it I don't know if they have much chance to move up the grid with what they showed. And Magnussen is uh, $1,800 more than Schumacher starting behind him. So if I'm going to roster a Haas driver, I'm just kind of looking for that cheap plus five. Paying 6400 for Magnussen for hopefully a, a plus five and, and not much more um, isn't super appealing to me. What do you think?
1: Uh, I'm trying to play it out in my head right now. Cause I didn't really think a whole lot about them, but if you're looking at Magnuson, so a uh, five spot grade improvements, three points, right? So three points for that five points for beating his teammates. So he's got like, for, for me, like a 10 point ceiling, if he can get yeah. into 10th, yeah. like Magnuson's going to get to 10th, 10 points. Yeah. Is probably like what his realistic best case yeah. scenario is. And is that going to be worth what you're going to have to pay for him? for guys who are in comparable salary ranges to him who are in a much better spot. Like Pierre Gasly is 5,400 and he's starting seventh. Yeah. Like Valtteri Botas is 7,400. So he's more expensive by a thousand dollars, but he's starting fifth and Kevin Magnussen starting sixteenth. Like I do see a scenario where I think what happened to them in qualifying might've just been a snafu and his car might be good today. His car has been pretty good all year, yep. but at the salary range, a lot's got to go right for him to be successful. And it could happen, but it's not something that I really want to do. And if his ownership projection is super low, then again, like if you're talking a couple of contrarian lineups, maybe he is a play. Maybe those 10 points will come into play at some point. But it's just hard to justify him at the salary with what everything that just needs to go right for him in that regard. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty out on him, and I'm just generally speaking out on Schumacher until he can kind of show that he's a guy who's worth playing.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not loving Haas this week. We have um, a lot of guys that are are cheaper than Schumacher that um, are are just easier to project to project against their teammate, um, and, and that you can just mix and match better. So not in love with Haas this week, and and I think uh, K Bag is, is probably my least favorite um, teammate starting behind. Like again, at least with like Okwan and 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 Joe, you have got some some super contrarian. Uh, plays and and cars that that have been pretty good and and some move up the grid equity. Um, Let's move on to McLaren. Um, McLaren is pretty underwhelming this week. Uh, Ricardo, again, just not showing out very well at 6,800. Lando is kind of interesting because he's starting eighth, but he's sandwiched among all these guys that are a lot cheaper. Um, Gasly starting 7th at 5,400. Yuki starting ninth at 4,200. Lance Stroll starting 10th at 3200 uh go up to valtry at 7400 so lando's kind of in no man's land uh so from just a projection and salary standpoint not great but he is just kind of in this midfield um area where i, I think he's just gonna go overlooked a lot because of his salary so i i think i He's an interesting contrarian option because if people are paying 8,600, it's probably going to be for, you know, maybe getting up to Lewis or Valtry in that 7,400 range. It's it's a pretty big difference, but salaries are kind of funky this week with without um, the ability to, uh, to roster Max and Charles together. So that like 8,000 to 9,500 range is kind of the same thing this week.
1: Yeah. And I guess you could say he's in no man's Lando as it were. I was waiting. I wasn't going to (laughs) just interrupt you to say that. But uh, yeah, I mean, on the surface, he's not someone that I think you would want to play. But you this is where you get into the conversation about uh, you can't play Max and Charles in the same lineup. So you have to kind of figure out who is that next tier of guy. And it's in the conversation of, okay, you start talking about mixing and matching like a signs or a Perez. And then like Lewis Hamilton and Lando Norris, those guys salary wise are all kind of comparable to me. I mean, obviously there's a gap there, but like Lando Norris, he's not likely to finish as high as Carlos signs. I don't think, but he's very likely to get the five point bonus for beating his teammate. So can he climb enough on the grid to where he makes up the point differential that I think Carlos signs finishing second or third might get where. Carlos Sainz is not likely to beat Charles Leclerc. So, yeah, I mean, I think you have to look at it from that perspective when you're trying to figure out how you're going to roster these guys, and that's what kind of makes it a little bit interesting because, again, if we're talking about Leclerc heavy builds, Leclerc Ferrari stacks, you probably need to sprinkle in some Charles Leclerc, or, uh, some Lando Norris and some Lewis Hamilton and some of other, these other guys as, okay, well, if I can't play max and i obviously you can't if you're going to stack ferrari and and charles you can't play signs so it becomes okay well sergio perez lewis hamilton uh lando norris which amongst those guys has the potential to finish highest in the grid and do i think that like do i think that i would try i would trust lewis hamilton more than i would trust lando norris on track in cars that are pretty equal but i also think there's probably a bigger possibility if this makes any sense whatsoever that maybe george russell can compete with hamilton then ricardo can compete with lando yeah, right yeah not no, definitely that said i don't necessarily think that i think that either scenario is super likely
0: yeah no i mean we we've you mentioned and and this will this kind of um is a perfect segue into mercedes because it is actually quite quite similar situations in in terms of hamilton starting six at 9200 and Russell starting twelve at 7800 um not not Obviously perfect match salaries, but we have seen Russell climb the grid uh, a couple times and and, uh, Is he gonna be able to do this, you know starting from 12th with Hamilton starting all the way up at 6 this time? I'm not sure but I, I think the the way I'm I'm going to be building lineups, I'm more likely to sprinkle in both Hamilton and Russell than I am Lando and Ricardo. I think Lando, Hamilton, and Russell are all viable. I don't know how viable Ricardo is, but Hamilton is kind of the same as Lando. And actually, the as we talk through this, they Hamilton and Lando are both projecting for sub twenty percent, like in that fifteen to twenty percent range, and that's because that seventy five hundred to nine thousand. Range the the lineups that can fit that it's going to be dominated by valtry So if we're talking about a race that's that's very hard to predict two guys starting right behind him that are going to be Way lower owned. I I mean it gets really intriguing to have Hamilton in in quite a few of my lines. I don't think a lot of people are going to be able to afford that that 9200. It's still a little bit pricey Um, but but I think him with a couple cheap drivers and, and charles is definitely going to be a contrarian build
1: I love the contrarian Lewis Hamilton play this week. I really, yeah. really do. Because the thing with George Russell is like, George Russell's a good option usually, but there's also like when he's climbed the grid, like what was it, two races ago where he started outside? No, well, there was the last race where he started outside the top 10 and finished sixth or fifth or whatever it was. Like he could potentially climb the grid again, but he was way ahead of Lewis Hamilton last time. He's way behind Lewis Hamilton. So I don't know that there's enough upside in George Russell's point total. And the other thing that I love about Lewis Hamilton is that and, and it's just and it, it's the same logic we've been applying to George Russell throughout the season is at the very least, you can say that the Mercedes car, if, if nothing else, has been reliably able to stay on the track. And we don't know mm-hmm. if that's going to be the case with the Red Bull cars. And sure. I, and, and so it, uh, there's a scenario in my head and and I'll, uh, it's a bet that I've, I i won't put in my I didn't put on my list because I won't pull the trigger on it, but I kind of want to was an exact uh, order of Leclerc signs Hamilton where there's just an issue with the Red Bull cars. And like you're asking me, can Lewis Hamilton in a car that's roughly about as fast on track over the course of these laps as a Botas, a Norris, and a Gasly are the guys he's around, Can he should he be able to beat those guys? Yeah, I think so. He's He's a yeah. better driver than those guys. Maybe the car's not quite as good. Maybe the car will have issues. But as a contrarian issue, I think at the very least, this is the first week all year I feel like it is where Lewis Hamilton is playable.
0: Yeah, and and as we talk, I'm kind of clicking lineups and and just kind of thinking <laughs> um, as as we talk, and, and I'm wondering if so if players that have been playing this um, format so far through four races uh, have been so conditioned to play studs and duds because of the way salaries have been being able to roster Max and Charles, if a lot of people are just not going to. Um, play as many midfield builds as you think and and like uh like a leclerc ferrari um captain constructor with hamilton tfee Gasly, vettel is, is viable and we we've seen that if you can if if the grid plays out like you mentioned that that one two three with lewis podium and then Gasly and vettel both starting high um you can you can feasibly get 5 if you include um signs in your constructor 5 of the top like 7 drivers in your lineup and we've seen you know Latifi's going to be way less popular than Albon and we've seen a winning lineup with a latifi getting a zero in there like a, a zero isn't going to kill you He's not gonna lose great equity for you He's not gonna get you negative points. because He's already starting down at the bottom so if you can get like whatever five driver, five of the top seven drivers in the lineup and and Latifi doesn't beat Albon you you might not to be um, you, you might be okay since Albon's gonna be so much popular the latifi again perfect segue to Williams Albon 3,400 starting one spot ahead of Latifi. Uh, Latifi at 3K starting 19th. The Even though they're starting 18th and 19th, we saw Albon be really, really quick a couple times. Um, so I, I think Albon does have some move up the great equity this week.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think that there's a possibility that he could have a good race, and I wonder if they might try the same particularly not really certain what the tire strategies are going to look like this week and how the tires are going to hold up and how the hard tire is going to be more viable, probably because of the track temperature. Might they try the same strategy again, where he starts on hard tires and they try to go as long as they can on the hard tire and hopes that that's going to go their way.
0: This is probably a two stop race though, right? It is probably, it seems
1: like everything I've read says this might be a two or even a three, depending on like how the tires hold up race. Um, yeah. So, they might just try to they but they're Williams, they're gonna probably they might try to do something different from what everyone else is gonna do. And that kind of makes it interesting with Albon. Like that's another thing to like think about is they're gonna probably think outside the box in hopes of getting 10th place. Williams knows yep. that their realistic ceiling in any given race is 10th place, but if he goes up eight spots, that's three points. If he beats his teammate, that's five points. If he classifies and finishes 10th, that's two more points. So that's a 10-point ceiling for Alexander Albon, which you know, over some of the other options that the price I think is, is really worth it. And, you know, here's the thing. He's one spot ahead of Latifi. If there's ever going to be a week where Latifi is going to actually beat him, this is going to be one of those weeks. And we've talked about it like last year, Latifi beat, uh, Russell head to head a couple like five times I think it it is going to happen at some point and I would think that that's why maybe I think Latifi has the slightest bit more value as a deep contrarian play uh in a studs and duds kind of thing but you know now that you can't stack Max and Charles like Nicholas Latifi's value then again goes down but like so that's kind of where I am I, I do want to circle back to a comment from Sam uh, Samuel Campana said our mercedes and alfatori the best pivots from ferrari and red bull uh i would say probably uh given where lewis is starting given that alfatori is in in the top 10 and that russell could very well get there i don't necessarily think that there's going to be a great pivot one way or another uh, i think you and i TJ, are both in agreement here that this is should be a race that is very much a ferrari race but uh but yeah, I mean, I think that's probably if that's what you're looking to do is to kind of go against the grain. There, those are probably the teams that I would target. But as I said earlier, I'm still a little bit worried about the reliability for some of the uh, Red Bull powered cars.
0: Yeah, um, as always, um, just last note on, on Williams: as long as Latifi is 3,000 and Albon's qualifying you know, outside um, the top 15. We're always going to sprinkle Latifi into our lineups just because they're starting so close. Anything can happen in F1 race and that $3,000 salaries, just always going to open things up a little bit. We do have Albon as our second highest um, optimal flex in in terms of usage behind Valtteri Bottas. That doesn't include flex plus captain. That's just optimal flex. Um, But Latifi not far behind as our seventh um, most used driver in our optimal rate. So we'll be sprinkling them in. But using that question about Mercedes and Alphitore as a jumping off point, we will jump into our ownership projections. And we could go reverse here starting um, with Constructor just because it's a very uh, quick conversation. Um, constructors that that the, the ownership is going to be, uh, as it always has been, um, very heavy on Um, Red Bull and Ferrari, we have them projected to combine for a little under 80%, which is slightly lower than usual, but um, I I think the move here is to be really overweight on Ferrari, underweight on Red Bull. Um, The the ownership projections are pretty. 48 to 30 in favor of Ferrari. I think when I'm building lineups, it'll probably be more like 60 to 15 or something like that. And then yeah, if you're sprinkling in a different constructor um, our, our optimal rates have you know Mercedes, you know, maybe if, if 10% so if you're building 20 lineups only using them twice and then sure you could throw in one AlphaTari constructor um. With Constructor, I, I, you kind of want double podium or, or win equity in there. I I think Mercedes has a little bit better chance, at least like Lewis has some podium equity. Alphatari not as much as Mercedes. So I, if you're only building 20 lineups, I, I'd rather have one or two Mercedes lineups than, and no Offatoris, but you could throw one in there if you want.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of where it is. I don't think I would play Alfa-Torys. There's So much has got to go their way. And then, yeah, you end up in a scenario where you're going to need a rainbow podium, I think, for mm-hmm. for Mercedes to really kind of have any value. You're going to yeah. need it to be a Leclerc Verstappen Hamilton or Leclerc Perez Hamilton. If look if it if both Ferrari or both Red Bull and up on podium, you're not, no lineup that doesn't have that constructor in it is going to do particularly well. Yeah. So this- uh, so sorry. Go ahead
0: i was just say the thing we have to remember about constructor remember a, a couple of weeks ago um red bull I, I i believe red or i don't remember if it was the it might have been the the week mercedes was the optimal constructor um that signs didn't even finish and And Ferrari only finished like fractions of a point behind Mercedes because Leclerc got the first place plus all of the laps led, which he's very much in line for today. So even if Sainz has a bad day, especially the way it looks at Miami today, uh, Leclerc could easily carry Ferrari to the optimal constructor by himself. So definitely sprinkle in Mercedes, but um, be overweight on Ferrari. So let's go. Back to the beginning of ownership projections like we usually do, the most popular plays on the slate are going to be Valtteri Bottas, Lance Stroll, Alexander Albon, Sebastian Vettel, and Pierre Gasly. They all have our highest own flex percentage. They are all the best values in terms of um, salary versus grid, but that does give us some, um, some leverage opportunities, so um, let's talk about the drivers and the captains that we're looking to exploit this week.
1: Uh, well, the 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 the, it's again, it's Leclerc for me, and then yeah, I mean, I think you just kind of all of those guys have there's an there's a reason to get all those guys in your lineups in some form or fashion, like that's really what it is for me. I think they all bring something to it, and you just kind of want to mix and match and see, okay, well, what is the best lineup I can get with this guy and this guy, and, and how can I get you know maybe maybe Sergio Perez in fourth place starting the race in fourth place, he's got some value. And if I, if I have him in my lineup with, and since I can't have, um, since I can't have uh, Max in a lineup with Leclerc, how do I, how do I build that? So that's what you're kind of just build the trickle down of like mix and match and see which possible combinations you can have because of the unpredictability of this race. I I think you're going to have to kind of just spread, spread the love around maybe a little bit more than you might have ever done it before, particularly because like we said, you can't do lineups with Max and Charles in them.
0: Yeah, uh, we're not going to get a ton of leverage opportunities with um, williams or um, Austin martin even though stroll and albon will be super popular people are still going to use vettel because he's only 3600 They're still going to use um, they're, they're still going to use williams because he's only 3k and even I uh, we talked about yuki being less popular than um, than. Gasly we actually have them projected pretty close in ownership and So uh, I guess there's not a ton of leverage opportunity there So if I'm looking to exploit ownerships, I, I think the one that really stands out is Esteban Ocon you could use him in just a couple of lineups and if he hits and and Alonzo doesn't finish like if he finishes even you know if he even finishes 12th and and um, Alonzo doesn't finish at zero ownership Essentially, he's gonna be a guy that I'm looking to get into my lineups and then we had the question about our mercedes and and um off the, Tori, the uh, pivots off of ferrari and red bull i think if you're going to do that it's more in your captain spot again think about how this race is going to play out with the new salaries and the biggest thing is it's really difficult to roster or it's impossible to roster max and and, and charles together so how can we get some upside built into our line as well You can have some cheap captains get Max and um, Charles into your driver instead of captain. And there is there are actually quite a few scenarios where a cheap captain with Max and Charles as drivers have higher ceilings than even a stack with Charles and Ferrari. So I I think the probably the biggest takeaway this week and I I guess we kind of saved it for now. make sure you have some lineups where you have a affordable captain with Max and Charles together. I I think that actually could end up being the highest upside build this week.
1: Give, give me, so you, you dropped this in our Slack channel last night and it absolutely blew my mind. Yeah. So just like, give me a lineup. You see where like a, a lineup potential build where we do that. And in it, because like to me, I just can't see a scenario where the, the points are going to work out that way. So like, so who do you envision you don't have to necessarily give me a a lineup driver for driver but like what scenario and who would you consider like someone worth playing in that situation where max and charles are drivers not captains and you see the upside to it
0: yeah well i mean so basically if let's say you play ghastly or, or stroll um let's say you play if you play um Leclerc, Leclerc in captain and Ferrari and constructor. Um, Leclerc gets you, he'll get you if, if he just maxes out his points, he'll get you about 60 points. Ferrari will get you um, you know, 62-ish points. But your all of your other guys in your lineup are, are probably gonna be in that five to eleven point range. If Max and Charles finish one-two, you can still get 40 points out of Charles and your driver. Get 24 points out of max in your driver, which is going to be and then like two other five-point guys or a five and a ten-point guy that's going to be more even with like a Of a, a, I don't know a six place ghastly is gonna get you I think 15 points. So that actually comes out to like slightly more than a Charles Leclerc captain with three cheapest drivers
1: all right, so if, if I were to do like Gasly as my captain, Verstappen, Leclerc, Albon, Stroll, Ferrari, that's a lineup that you think has some upside potential.
0: Yeah, yeah, because that that combo of the one two um, can, with Ferrari constructor, it's still going to to match or exceed the points of like a Leclerc and captain with a you know a a, a four thousand dollar guy or something like that.
1: Now i gotta see can i get no i
0: can't get and it's gonna it's going to be close i mean it's not it's not guaranteed ceiling but there's a lot of finishes where that um that charles max as drivers is is going to have a higher ceiling so i i would just say that why not yeah Yeah, yeah. i I would say have a couple in there um i love it
1: why not we'll see what happens
0: uh so we've pretty much talked about our captain and constructor i mean any other my only other thing would be like are you going to have any um any signs or, or, or Sergio? I, I think probably not as my captains. I'm probably not gonna have much of them at all.
1: No. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough for me to envision the scenario where those guys are super playable, high salary, not a ton of upside compared to their teammates. Like maybe Sergio Perez. Like, I don't really see a scenario where signs beats because I think another thing that and we haven't talked about it a ton, but another thing that I think we have to think about when we're building these at these top two teams is that everything being equal on the track, Red Bull and Ferrari are going to want Verstappen and Leclerc to finish higher than their teammates because of the driver's championship standings. So if if there's a situation where it looks like Charles, we the, the most famous one was Botas and Hamilton a few years ago, like the thing that really soured Botas on Mercedes forever was I think it was in, was it in Russia where they asked him to get out of the way so that Hamilton could pass him and win the race? Like, that's why I mean you know, I bet someone pointed out after the fact and I was like, you know what? It does make sense. Like I bet Sergio Perez to win fastest lap, uh, in the last race, but, mm. m- but, uh, Red Bull is almost always going to want, uh, for to get that point, Yeah, you know? particularly yeah. now that he's so far down the standings. And then after what happened in the last race where Ferrari saw their gap shrink, I don't see a scenario unless it just appears that Signs's car is just that much better than than Leclerc's, and it hasn't been. Where it where Ferrari is going to want to favor uh, Signs in any kind of competitive situation there. So he his role in this race is very much to be the support. is very much to be the blocker to try to make life as difficult for Max Verstappen as possible. So I don't love playing Carlos Signs in uh, DFS. There's a couple of betting angles, which we'll get to in a second, or a one betting angle that I kind of like. But, like, it's the same thing with Sergio Perez. Like, the only difference is, you know, Max has had some real issues with his car this week. So maybe Max has car problems and that allows Sergio Perez to podium and beat Max. And then suddenly, like, yeah, okay, there's some potential there. So maybe there's a Leclerc Perez. Like a studs and duds that has some value to it. Now that I'm talking that out loud, I'm I'm suddenly in this $1. I'm just gonna start playing a ton of these $1 leagues and lineups and see what happens. But that's really the only scenario though, like where I I, I could see it. Like they're both those guys, long story rambling short. They're going to need a lot to go their way for them to be really worth playing a lot. So probably not a ton.
0: Yeah, that that's what I was gonna say. I think Sergio makes sense as a driver in in Charles' captain lineups, and even then, just like just a little bit, it's still really just pigeon pigeonholes you into like the, a combo of three or four guys. So it's it's. A lineup that's probably going to be duped quite a bit because it doesn't give you much flexibility it's it's a basically the charles max lineup that we've been using um the the, the last few weeks is like the chalk lineup so I, I i think you could get away without playing it if you're playing you know for whatever if, if you have played 50 50s um or you're just playing um or you just want one lineup the uh if you have fomo of having that like e- easy run out with the expensive guys that's it um i i don't think i'll i you know i, I might have just a a sergio captain lineup just because i'm, I'm playing so many lineups I, you could make the case that if something happens to max um for i mean sorry to charles like a couple of signs captains makes a little bit more sense than sergio but um i i, I think they're both just kind of in this awkward salary and if if you're paying up for them instead of their teammates it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense
1: yeah and i'm even like i'm i'm putting it together right now a leclerc sergio ferrari lineup you can't get like you would your best other option is like stroll latifi sunoda yeah, you yeah. Can't everyone's get, like, just going to use that yeah, yeah that's, like, it's going to be
0: duped everywhere
1: that's going to be the con. yeah and i i hate yeah. that like i hate that lineup so yeah, yeah. so we talked it through kind of played it out in my head there's some real time Lineup construction going on, and I hate it. So yeah, I'm probably gonna pass on that one.
0: Uh, yeah, the the only other note on on the captains constructor is I think with. Um with the inability to, to roster Max and Charles together, like we've talked about so much. It, it should be the way you're building your your lowest captain constructor combos of, of the season. I've been running about 50%. I, I think I'll probably be around 30 or 40% just because so many of my lineups are going to use a, a random captain um, still with Ferrari. I, I think there's a lot of ways that that lineup still wins as we've talked about, um, but I mean, I, any, anything else just to talk about DFS-wise? I, I think I'm just mixing up. The, it's going to be such – there's so much potential for craziness to happen, for chaos, that I'm really just mixing and matching my midfield as possible, being overweight on Charles and using those couple leverage opportunities um, that I mentioned with o, guys like Ocon. Um, so anything else? No, I think
1: we've covered it from from a DFS standpoint as far as yeah. like what I've thought about. This has been a very informative chat with you as always for me as I kind of – learn more about DFS every week working. With yeah, them, and,
0: and this ones. is this is a good one. Because again, they they really just flipped all of the strategy um, on its head from what we've learned the first first four weeks with salaries being um, so much more aggressive at the top. And it, it's fun. That's what we asked for. So um, you got quite a few bets that you're liking. I have some underdog um, bets that, that I'm liking. So uh, what are you looking at either on DK, um, uh, FanDuel or other sports? other sports books
1: yeah so i'm uh i'm spraying the uh, these are ideas that these are things that i like and i'm spraying the uh, board in terms of places to go bet these um ferrari double podium finish at DraftKings plus 105 um and then i guess these are kind of correlated at uh a an offshore uh that rhymes with nevada uh their <laughs> signs exact finish plus 350 if you look at the problems that carlos signs has had this year it has been yeah. when he has been well, la- the last race he just got wrecked by Daniel Ricciardo. He got bumped by Daniel Ricciardo. Daniel Ricciardo apologized for it. Uh, the race before, he admitted he made a mistake when he was trying to uh, climb up the grid, and he made an aggressive move he shouldn't have made. When he has, he has podiumed the other two races where he started in the top three. So as long as he doesn't have to like com- contend for trying to work his way through the field, he's been very reliable. So at plus money, I kind of like those numbers uh points bet has grouping so it'll give you four drivers and you just pick which one you think is going to win group two was lewis hamilton lando norris george russell and daniel ricardo Uh, lewis is minus 118 i really like him there again i just think the reliability of mercedes like i don't think he's going to be fast enough to contend in this race without some chaos in front of him but he's a couple spots ahead of lando who's plus 250 george russell's what was 12th we we said going in he's plus 275 to beat all those guys ricardo's plus 2500 i just don't think his car is good enough so i'll take you know lewis hamilton at minus 118 there um so uh, driver to be classified nicholas latifi no at sugar house or bet rivers depending on which state you're in it's the same thing it just they have different names uh same company Uh, plus 220 uh, i think with the fact that we're going to see the grip disappear on this track and the fact that so many guys have spun out and i'm not this is just fading this is just a fun fade nicholas latifi thing that i'm always going to want to do
0: yeah not not to cut you off but as we are talking speaking of latifi and the grip um we just had another spell of rain at miami so even after that race so it's going to be it could be on and off all day so this is going to be crazy
1: and that's the thing too like and then the the other one i guess this all kind of goes together uh Bovada uh, sorry the book that rhymes with Nevada whatever. Bovada has virtual safety car yes and I'm really mad I didn't bet this yesterday cuz it was minus 200 yesterday. It's out to minus 350 now. But if you're looking for just like a a, a bridge jumper bet like there is almost no scenario where there's not a virtual safety car. Yeah. Someone's going to spin out. Yeah. Someone's going to get into the wall and there might not be an actual safety car. You're probably just going to see someone spin and then get back onto the track. Uh so that one just feels like it's a no brainer. Another thing to go back to that I wanted to mention going back to the signs stuff uh if the grip is gone on this track not only does it make it like seem like it's going to make cars spin out it's going to make overtaking really difficult because the less grip the less likely you're going to be able to go really make a good move to go overtake and if overtaking's at a minimum it seems very unlikely anyone other than max verstappen going to be able to pass him so the po the double podium For Ferrari, like maybe you end up losing the one and two, but at like plus 350, I think that's worth a shout a little bit there. Uh, But even the plus 105 double podium, just if this is a race where it doesn't end up being that because the conditions make it such that it's so difficult to to overtake, it it, it just sets up really well for Ferrari. So that's what I have on my card. And I know you have some underdog picks that you are into today.
0: Yeah, so those that aren't familiar with underdog underdog is pick them um, since it's not a um, Sports betting site. Um, it, it is uh, technically DFS. You have to pick at least two So you're essentially a uh, minimum a two-leg parlay two-leg pays out three X three three pays six X four pays ten X five pays 20x so they give you a bunch of over-unders in terms of um, uh, Finishing position um, they have some laps led, but, but I, I don't love those but basically you're, you're either uh, betting finishing position or they have matchups. So the there's five, uh, let's see, there's, yeah, there's five that I like, so if you want, you could play um, all of these combos. There's 10 combos for five bucks each and, and try to three X all of them and then sprinkle in some, some four and, and, and um, uh, five Lagers and, and try to hit. But I like Charles to finish one and a half spots ahead of Signs. I still think uh, Red Bull has so much um, straight line speed that I, I think at least Sergio or Max should finish ahead of Carlos. Um, I like Stroll versus Vettel. There, there's no juice on that. It's just straight up with Stroll starting three spots ahead. So that's really nice. I like Lewis finishing over six and a half. He's starting at six. I, I, I think, um, you know, Mer- Mercedes has had some trouble in this um, uh in the season it's basically can lewis fall one spot back i think that's definitely um doable stroll i like him finishing under 11 and a half so uh, ahead of 11 ahead of 12th place um starting at 10th um, he's one of our favorite drivers in terms of ownership he's one of our favorite drivers in terms of player to captain so that's a pretty good spot there and then valtteri's starting uh at um is he starting at p5 i believe they have him at um one and a half spots ahead of Russell. So that feels like a pretty um, easy one to me. So Charles one and a half spots ahead of signs stroll versus Vettel Lewis over six and a half stroll under 11 and a half Valtteri plus one and a half. Uh, I like Valtteri on to finish one and a half spots ahead of Russell. Uh,
1: You said that you didn't like the laps led one. Uh, There's one though. However, I would argue that's listed. That is an absolute no brainer. Uh, They have Lewis Hamilton half a lap led uh, under. He's not yeah, going to He's crazy. He's, he's, he's very unlikely to lead a lap in this race. Yeah. That, so the, yeah, so like I don't know They might like, have
0: we, taken that. Oh no, it's still yeah. on. The, yeah. Uh yeah, that's that's horrible.
1: Yeah. So that that one to me is an auto fire there. Um looking through it again, yeah, like uh the the the, the, the Leclerc signs thing is tough like I, I, you like the Red Bull card to, to pass signs. so that's cool. Hamilton, like stroll under eleven and a half. Uh, I, I dig that one, and then the Botas versus Russell is. I think that's a really good look because he's just so far ahead of them. Yeah, like of course definitely. there's a scenario where Botas has a bad start or whatever, but um I feel like every week I think that Botas is gonna do well, he does. And then when I don't think he's gonna do well he does, so maybe not. But uh yeah, I, I saw that Hamilton one. I'm like, what in the world?
0: Yeah, that's that? that's that's pretty crazy. They have some pretty bad lines on, on Mercedes across the board. Um, yeah. underdog is, is really overvaluing Mercedes. So if you just ride a, a fade Mercedes on underdog, I think you could end up having a pretty good week over there.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start playing around with that some more. I haven't yet deposited. Um I was going to and then Again, with the Kentucky Derby. Spoiler alert, I, like everyone else who bet it, didn't bet the horse that no one had ever heard of. So it was not a productive day for me yesterday. But uh, but yeah. nevertheless, like, yeah, like, George Russell finishing position over six and a half. Like is he yeah, really gonna jump yeah that's yeah just by,
0: like, Mer- mercedes across the board there's totally, is some really yeah yeah they really butchered totally mercedes them, so, so let yeah.
1: me back up for a second you can mix and match over under and head to head yes sir oh so i i wasn't factoring that and now i'm definitely gonna end
0: up doing something yeah yeah like that. so you could you could now you could smash <laughs> you could smash smash fade mercedes on underdog and you're gonna have a good day um if you are like dan and you haven't deposited on underdog yet you can get a free four for four pro subscription by depositing at least $10 on underdog using the promo code 444. And you'll also get a bonus deposit match up to $100. You must be a new underdog user. See the link in the description here on the YouTube channel. And of course, if you haven't signed up for Run The Sims yet, go to runthesims.com and use the promo code 444 for 10% off USFL and F1 projections, tools and content for both F1 and USFL DFS and betting. That is also in the description to sign up. We've been talking about it the whole pod. So you make sure you get signed up over there. We will be back on Monday, myself and Jen Aikens with a Miami GP recap, hopefully with a lot of extra shekels in our pocket. Please like and subscribe here on YouTube. If you're listening on our podcast, uh, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, or whatever podcast you listen to, please give us a five-star rating or review. And make sure you are following us on Twitter. 444 four is at 444football. Four four All the important stuff for BetSports is at Betts Golf. Dan is at Really Dan Weiner. Run the Sims is at Run the Sims. I'm at TJ Hernandez. Talk to you on Monday.